There's power in the name of. There's healing in the name of. There's salvation in the name of. The Bible says that demons tremble at the sound of that name. Jesus. Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Louis Intefel of the Anakazo Assembly's Cathedral of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Intefel is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Anakazo Assembly's Cathedral of Fakor Katwa. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God followed with miracles, signs and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Take us deeper and cause us to do more. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Going deeper and doing more. Amen. When I say, anytime I say going deeper, you must lift up your hands and say, and doing more. Going deeper. Going deeper. Hallelujah. Now, so point number one yesterday was go deeper into the deep things of God. Amen. And we realize that you can go deeper into the Holy of Holies, which is going deeper into the presence of God. How many of you are going to go deeper into the presence of God himself? Yes. There is nothing like the presence of God. Amen. Number two, go deeper into uh, what? Sorry? The glory of God. Is that also? And then number three, go deeper into what? The power. The power of God. Amen. Now, point number two of our camp. So all that was point number one. Alright? And I am just reading, you know, the book to you. We are going to the book. Amen. As much as we can. Hallelujah. Now, point number two, how God can, how God takes you deeper. How God takes you deeper. Amen. Psalm 42 and verse 7. Deep call it unto thee at the noise of thy water sprouts, all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Amen. Eh? God is deep and God can take you very deep. Amen. And God wants to take you deep. Because there are deep things of the law. Yeah. I got what I'm saying. You know, God used to speak to the people of Israel 
uh, through Moses. And then one day they said that they want to hear God himself speak to them. To them. <laughs> so God said, no problem. They wanted a deeper, you know, they wanted to go deeper into the voice of God. When he shouted this morning, they said, we, we beg you. We beg you. Everything started trembling. Amen? So there are depths in God. And we must all aspire and desire to go deep in God. You know, most of the things that we are experiencing, our difficulties as believers, Christians, you know, our shepherds, pastors, is because we are very, very shallow with God. I get what I'm saying. No, we are very shallow with God. Now listen. One day, Elijah said that we are tired of having two gods in this land. Yeah. Enough is enough. He said, if Baal is God, let's worship him. And if the God of Abraham is God, let's worship him. So we must choose. So the people said, okay. So 400 uh, prophets of Baal rose up and he alone with his young prophets who were thinking that, look, senior prophet, you are trying to cause trouble for us. Yeah. But, but you see, Elijah knew about the deep things of God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I get what I'm saying. Yeah. So he drew a challenge. Everybody set up an altar and then call on your God. Call on your God. And the God that answered by fire will be the God. So he said to the prophets of Baal, since you are uh, a lot, and it's a whole match, you have more supporters. 400, start. So they set up their altar, and then they started calling on their God for morning. Somewhere in the afternoon, still their God has not responded. So he started teasing them. said, oh, call her, maybe he's asleep. You see, if your God sleeps, don't serve this type of God. The God that I serve, the Bible says, He neither sleepeth nor slumber. Amen. Some of you, even as you are here, do you understand it? Even though you have started coming to church, you know, you are serving God, you believe in the deep things of your, some idols in your home. Yeah. Your wasi exams. The practicals, as we are writing, they say, Okobiki. 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 From time to time, I say, Okobiki. What is Okobiki? Eh? 
has eyes but they cannot see ears, they cannot hear, mouth they cannot speak I know what I'm saying yeah so he said oh he has still not responded he said continue because perhaps he's going to use the washroom the Anakazo campus washrooms are very nice and I've realized that many of you, you like to go <laughs> taking selfie at the place Amen. Huh? Yeah. So the God didn't respond. And then Elijah said, I'll call upon my God. Yeah. He set up the altar. He said, I'm saying that eh, he had gone deep with God. You see, when you go deep with God, your faith in him is strong. Your belief in God, your trust in God, your dependence. Yeah. I remember many years ago, I had a, a church ma- member. He was very, he was thick tall. A thick tall man. Very powerful man. That had a high office and all that. The one time he called me. Distress call. I said, what's the problem? He was trying to stand for a certain office, and I think there was competition. Then he said, you know, the guy says that ah, the, the, his competitor says that you know, he can kill him. him. I, I get what I'm saying. Yeah. So, because of that, he's very worried. The brother was in church. He speaks in tongues and all that. You see, obviously, obviously, eh, he was not deep into God. And he was not. One of these people who come to church, do you understand it? Wishy-washy, you know, Christian. Yeah. Because the Bible says that life and death lies in the power of the tongue. Hey, if somebody says that he will kill you, tell the person, brother, Relax withdraw that statement because if I decide to throw back that statement to you that will be your end but because he was not deep in God do you see eh? he didn't know that he had power Yes. Huh? When I went for my, you know, I married and I was in the room of my wife in the night. I heard in the middle of the night something moving on the roof. Ah, what are you doing on the roof? So I said, whoever is moving on the roof. Eh? I spoke some words. The following day, I heard that somebody was not well. Yeah, next time you come on the roof when I'm in the room yeah. amen are you getting that 
Yeah. So Elijah, Elijah said, it is our turn. Set up the altar. And then he told the young prophets. You see, the young prophets, they were not deep into God. I get what I'm saying. So he told them, pour water on the altar. They said, hey, senior prophet, we want fire to come. Fire and water, they don't operate together. They don't cooperate. They cancel out each other. Eh? He said, Paul. Yeah. He said, when you are deep in God, eh? Your revelation about the kindness of God, the goodness of God, the power of God, the faithfulness of God will let you do mighty things. why we are here. So going deeper, we are going deeper. And when you go deeper, you can do more. Amen. Amen. Now, so we are looking at how God takes you deeper. Huh? Number one, God takes you deeper through your hunger and tests for more. God takes you deeper through your hunger and tests for more. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and tests after righteousness for they shall be filled. For they shall be filled. Yeah. Yeah. You can never be failed unless you have hunger or test. Great hunger, great test. Amen. So God, for God to take you deeper, all right? You understand it? You can only do that through your hunger and your test for more. Amen. Only those who have a test for more get to go deeper. Only a hunger and test for God can start you on a journey to go deeper. Without a hunger and a test, you can never get more of God. Blessed are they which do hunger and test after righteousness, for they shall be filled. It is very difficult to get somebody to have a drink when he's not testing. There must be a test before there can be a drink. People who are not tested do not even ask for drinks. You cannot make people who are not tested drink deeply. They will even start begging you to stop forcing them to drink. They may start choking over your drink because they just cannot take any more. Yeah. 
So, the first thing God will do when he's taking you deeper is when he sees your hunger and your thirst for more. Everything that he has made available to you. When he sees that you desire more. Alright. That is when he takes you also deeper. Yeah. Because you see, no matter you know, if I'm standing here right now with a lot of uh, money in my pot- pocket, you see, and Reverend Fred needs money. He needs money. But he's not showing that he needs money. He's even pretending that he has money. Now he doesn't have money. All the money that he has, even after paying, you know, uh, whatever that he came here, all right, he's struggling. But he sees appearance, his mannerism, you see, shows that he doesn't need. Because a certain lady that is trying to be like a dose is sitting quite close. So he doesn't want to show that he's in need of money. Now, so based on that, even though my pocket is full, I just look at him like that and then I walk away. people that I like very much. How many of you want to know? Are the the hawkers. The hawkers. You know, when we are driving, the boys, you know, who are selling, I really like them. Because I realize that, you know, they want more. Yeah. They are not angry at all. Oh, uh, this. How much is it? He says it's 50 Ghana. 50 Ghana. You know. Then he will say, Master, how much will he give? Alright. Now, whatever they say, okay, how many of you want me to give you a strategy? Because some of you don't know how to bargain. Yes. Now, number one, their price depends on your car that you are driving. <laughs> yeah. So, if you are driving Picanto, alright, it is 10 Ghana cities. If you are driving, you know, Praja, it can start from 3 Ghana cities. V8. 50 Ghana. Yeah. Alright. So, number one, always divided by four. Yes. So, when they say 40 Ghana, you start off 10 Ghana. I said, I'll give you 10 Ghana. Yes. You know. Then they will say, Oh, Master, it's bargain. It's bargain. No, it's a bargain. There's no anger here. There's an, it's, it's a market. It's a bargain. So you come up small. 
That's right. That one, okay, I'll give you 12 Ghana. So, Master, it won't it it work. Then they'll begin to give you appellations. So, oh, Nana. Oh, great one. Honorable. Oh, director. Yes, oh, chief. Yeah. Oh, first lady. Okay. Then I'll normally move. So I'll, I'll drive. But when I'm moving, I'm always looking in my rear mirror. Yeah. Then you realize that he will run and, and come. Do you see? And they are never angry. They are humble. You see, he wants something from you. And, he's, and eventually you bite. Most of the time, you bite. I get what I'm saying. Through their hunger, through their test, which is manifested by their persistence, their humility. Do you understand it? Eh? You bite. I really like them. And I hear that many of them make money and they travel abroad. Yes. Now, sister, you have been waiting for 17 years. Nobody is coming. Now, somebody has come. Look. Position yourself and show that. Show that you are interested in. say, who are you? Who gave you my number? <laughs> Meanwhile, no brother has sent you WhatsApp before. But honestly, some of you more in fact, Father, let people send them WhatsApps. <laughs> Since you bought your new phone three months ago, always be watching. Phone will be there. Oh, phone. So you won't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Do, do, do you get it? So as a sister, you show that, oh, yeah. Yes, why not? You are interested in me. Oh, me too. I'm looking for somebody, you know, to show interest in me. You see, I was telling one sister because her habit was that when she receives a test message, then she replies. But she doesn't, she doesn't initiate the conversation. This is what I'm saying. And I was saying to her that, no. Sometimes you must also initiate. It is showing that it is showing your hunger and your thirst for a deeper relationship. So 
Bible says hi. You also say hi. Then after three days, there's nothing. After four days, you say hello. Then you also say hello. I got it. But when you say hello, you should move on to so. Please, how are you? How was your day? Then, then you say, oh, my day was nice. You to how was your day? You see, that will generate some. How's your day? You see, it's moving gradually. Gradually, we are going deeper. You see, this is why you are still there without any deep relationship. Hallelujah. So God wants to see your hunger. Now look at David. Listen to David. Oh God, thou art my God. Only will I seek thee. Only. Only. Huh? Anybody that you are looking for very early must be some somebody that I mean it's like I mean valuable or important. I get what I'm saying. Eh? When 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 you are scheduled for a meeting with an important person, don't you go early? Eh? Do, do, do you get it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If we are told that the president wants to meet you tomorrow at 8 30 at the Jubilee House, no, you, you sleep at the, at the, at the gate. What, what do you want? So, the president says he wants to meet me at 8 30. Yeah. I don't know when the opening again. Seven, when the opening or you have entered. Yeah. And we are there waiting. Because it's very important. You cherish that invitation. Huh? Yeah, David said, "Early, early, early, will I seek thee? My soul tested for thee; my flesh longed for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is." You see, some of you, your your attitude towards God is not nice. Do, do you get it? It's more of you being forced to serve God. More of you being forced to be a pastor. More of you being forced to be a shepherd. Yeah. I mean, this camp, some of you literally, you know, you were carried here. A bulldozer was. Do you understand it? Eh? Do you understand? Pushed you here. Oh yeah. 
But when we were growing up, when they say shepherds, and it was called uh, uh, um, pastors and shepherds, uh, and serious Christians, serious Christians camp. When we heard of an upcoming camp, man, it was a major thing. Major thing. Eh? Yeah? Reverend Ben, that was the case. Hmm? Yeah. Our very first camp, I think, was in 1992. Yes. At the Girls' Guide. The Girls' Guide. Yeah. When we are going towards the Achimota Golf Course, eh, towards the police station, you're right. Yeah. When there. That was the first time. And prophet shared on sharing the burden. Yeah. Very powerful. It's one of the turning points in my life as a Christian and my love for working for God. And from that, uh, when I tasted it, I became a partaker of camps. <laughs> For the rest of my life. Oh yes. No struggle. With registration fee. Arrangement of buses. I was a young busy doctor at Kolebu. I never. You know. Missed any camp meeting. I'll make arrangements. You say you can't come. Because of work. Uh, if you really want to come, you'll be able to come. Yeah. You can take a leaf. You can take part of your leaf. You can schedule it. This camp that we are having, we didn't just announce it. Long. Yeah. Did you see? But there is no desire, no hunger. Most of you don't have a test for God. That is why God cannot take you deeper. He's, he's, he's waiting to see your level of hunger and thirst for him. Do you understand it? Eh? Your level of hunger and thirst so that he can also then lead you on. When somebody doesn't want to do something, it is so difficult to try to take them into deeper things. Amen. Amen. Huh? Yeah. Are you getting that? So your hunger. God is, God is looking at your hunger. So that he can take you deeper. Amen. It can take you deeper. And let me tell you something. If there is anything, anybody, 
that you must hunger for. It should be the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible said in him we live, we move, and we have our being. He's our everything. He's our everything. You cannot compare the Lord Jesus Christ with your mother, your father, your husband, your wife, your boss, your president, your MP. No. No. Amen. Amen. When a person experiences a great change in his spiritual life, it is usually because there was a change in the levels of desire and the levels of test for God. Yeah. That is what brings the real change. The real change. And you see, as pastors, you realize that sometimes somebody who is really not doing well in church, not serious, suddenly you see that, you know, the person has sort of changed. Comes for meetings, Says around, I get what I'm saying. Eh? Yeah, that thing has started happening because of a change also in the person's level of desire for the things of God. Yeah. Is it Lady Reverend Pell sitting down here? Today she's a lay president. Very high up there as a late president. But I remember 20 years ago, yeah, when she was with me at the Sakwono church, she would not stay at the church. No, she would not stay. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ in her car, out. Yeah. It went down like that for a long time. One day I called her. I said, sister, sit down. It's good to be in the house of God. It's good to serve the Lord. And she listened. She listened. And I've watched as her desire, her taste, her appetite for God has gone higher and higher and higher and deeper. And then God has also taken her Deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, and then now she's doing more and more and more and more and more. She can't even do the work as a as a lay president. She's involved in so many things. Yeah, yeah. And recently, when a few lay presidents had the privilege to be with the uh, prophet, okay. There she was, one of them. I see God taking you deeper. I see God taking you deeper. Hallelujah. May your desire for him increase. You have to pray for it. Now, how do you develop desire for God? How do you desire? Develop desire for God. Number one, love his word. Because God is his word. Eh? In the beginning was the word. 
and the word was with God, and the word was God. Hallelujah. Love the word of God. Love the word of God. Number two, pray for a desire. Pray. Pray. Pray to God and say, Lord, fill me with hunger for you. It is a prayer that I've prayed all throughout my life. Yeah. Pray for a desire and hunger for God. Number three, persist in that prayer. Persist. Persist. And number four, pray for good desires. Pray for good desires. Yeah. Pray for good desires. Pray for the anointing. Pray for the power. Pray for the presence. Pray for the glory. Pray for closeness. Pray for faithfulness. Are you getting that? Now, because, because, eh, the love for the word of God is one of the main things that will help you to develop hunger and test for God. It is very important for you to know how to get the word of God into you. Amen. Huh? You see, the problem that many of you have is that you don't love the word of God. Hmm? You don't love the word of God. You don't study the word of God. Amen. You cannot say that you can love God without loving his way. Yeah. The love for the word of God would generate great love for God himself because God is his word. So, I want at this stage to help you how uh, you can get the word of God 
into you. And that is through your quiet time. Now, quiet time is your personal time with God. Quiet time is time you spend with God alone. If anybody were to ask me that, to ask me what the greatest secret of my relationship with God is, I will say without any hesitation that it is the power of the quiet times I have with him every day. Now, this is a very important statement. You know, how many of you want to be great in life? Want God to do great things? Okay. One simple formula is that follow people that God has done great things with. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. And be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience have inherited the promises. Paul said, be ye followers of us, of me, as I follow Christ. When you hear a man of God, like a prophet, that God has used and is using to do great things, make a statement like this. Eh? If anybody were to ask me what the greatest secret, the greatest secret of my relationship with God is, I will say without hesitation that it is the power of the quiet times I have with him every day. That, that, that must immediately, you know, show you that, wow, then that is the way to go. Then that is the way to go. Amen. I am etern- eternally grateful to the lady who taught me how to have a quiet time with the Lord every morning. What she taught me has greatly influenced my life to date. And that is why I decided to write this book so that you too can benefit from the power of quiet time. Seven things that happen during quiet time. Okay, I'm teaching from the quiet time book. How many of you have that book? Alright, can I have it? Uh, How many of you have the quiet time book? Okay. But many of you are new. You see, Many of you, and we have a lot of new and young people here. But the church has grown. Are you getting that? So now there's a book here, how you can have an effective quiet time with God every day. How you can have an effective quiet time with God every day. Please get this book. Amen. Seven things that happen during quiet time. Number one, during quiet time, you develop the most important relationship of your life. During quiet time, you develop the most important relationship of your life. A natural relationship develops between any two people who spend quality time together. Spend quality time with God. Many Christians do not know the importance of this time of God. So, the most important relationship that you can have is a relationship with God. How many of you agree? Yeah, there are different relations. The relationship of your wife, the relationship of your father, the relationship of your husband, the relationship of your beloved, the relationship of your pastor, 
you know, with your friends, with your colleagues at work. These are all different types of relationships. But the most important one eh, for your life is your relationship with God. And as you spend time with God alone every day, you develop a relationship with God. Yeah. Then you can be saying with Paul, making statements like, my God. See, Paul used to say, my God. My God. Now, some of you, the God that you are serving is the God of your pastor. Or your God of your mother. Or the God of your teacher. There's no problem with that. You start with that. But you must get to a point that the God that you serve is your God. That you can say, my God. And it will come as you get to know God better. Amen. Number two. Having a quiet time makes you develop the most important personal habit of all time. Having a quiet time makes you develop the most important personal habit of all time. Which habit is that? A regular time with your creator. Amen. I have a quiet time every day and I spend quality time with the Lord. Now, there are so many things that are habits. Alright? A habit is something that you do without even thinking about it. It becomes part of you. Like when you wake up brushing your teeth. Yeah. Are you getting that? Eh? And so many other things. There can be good habits. There can be bad habits. One of the good habits is quiet time. Quiet time. Having a regular time with your creator. And as you do it, eh, and as you continue to do it, it will become part of you. You know, when I wake up and I've not had my quiet time, honestly, I'm unsettled. This is what I'm saying. I'm unsettled. It's like, it's like, no, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. Do you get it? But there are many believers, when they wake up, the first thing is to go to the kitchen. Screaming for some leftover food yesterday. You'll be shouting. Now, who took my chicken? I left a piece of chicken. Who took it? You'll be rushing to the rooms of your siblings. Hey, John, wake up. John, wake up. Your, 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 your younger brother is deep. You know, he's, he's, he's fast asleep. I got what I'm saying. Yeah. He woke up at 3 a.m. to have his quiet time and he's continuing to sleep a little. And here you come. Shaking him up. Now, why is the, the, the chicken that I left? Look at you. Do you get it? So a good habit that will transform your life. I said that will transform your life. Is spending time alone with God 
every day. Number three. During your quiet time, you draw near to God and he, draw, he draws near to you. During your quiet time, you draw near to God and he draws near to you. James chapter 4 and verse 8. James chapter 4 and verse 8. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Now look at me. The distance between you and God is determined by you. Get up your right hand. Say, the distance between me and God is determined by me. Yes. How far God is away from you is determined by you and not God. God, there he is there. He said, draw nigh to him and then he will draw nigh. So, when you take a step towards God, then God also will take a step towards you. Yeah. When you stop, he stops. When you move towards him, he moves towards you. Yes. Eh? And it is a blessing to draw nigh to God. Look at Psalm 65. I believe verse 4. Blessed, blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee. Amen? Eh? And causest to approach unto thee. I see that. That he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. Give me another translation. Blessed are those you choose and bring near. And bring near. Hello? When God chooses you to bring you near, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to be near to God. To be close to God. Through your love for the word of God, you get closer and closer and closer and closer to God. And then God also draws you closer and closer and closer and closer. You know, anybody, look at me. When you sense that somebody likes you, you also begin to like the person. No. Feelings are mutual. You understand it? Now, how many of you know that eh, if somebody doesn't like you, you, you also sort of doesn't like the person? And then you can actually sense it. Yeah. You can say, I, I, I know somebody who doesn't like me. Yeah. I know someone who doesn't like me. I sense it. And I'm not close to the person. 
Yeah. Even recently, you know, we met at close quarters. Yeah. Close quarters. I'd finished, you know, a service and I was going out. And there was a person looking at me and me to looking, you know, at the person. And, 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 I mean, we understood each other. Yeah. So a dry, a dry hello, hello, and then that's it. No, that's how it is. It's true. It's true. Amen. Yeah. So I say, brother, stop sending WhatsApp. Is it that you have been sending all that? Can't you see that there's no response? When you send 30 WhatsApps, she will reply once. I see you going closer to the Lord. I see you going closer to the Lord. And I see the Lord drawing you closer. I see the Lord drawing you closer. Amen. Yeah. Number four. A quiet time makes you read the most important book in the world. A quiet time makes you read the most important book in the world. The Bible is the most important book in the world. It is the most outstanding volume known to the human race. Eh? Wow. Is it a blessing? Hallelujah. Speaking the Holy Ghost somebody. Now, listen to this. What great men said about the Bible? How many of you want to know? What great men said about the Bible? George Washington, the first president of the USA. Oh, you'll be there, cry. Yeah. That's what he said. It is, listen to this. It is impossible to rightly govern the world 
without God and the Bible. Wow. Huh? Thomas Jefferson, third president of the USA. He said, a studious perusal of the sacred volume, that is the Bible, will make better citizens, better fathers, and better husbands. Andrew Jackson, the seventh president of the USA, he said, book say is the rock on which our republic rests Woodrow Wilson 28th president of the USA he said you know the bible is the word of God when you read You know the Bible is the word of God when you read it. For in it, you will find the key to your own heart, your own heart, your own happiness, and your success. I beg of you that you read it and find this out for yourselves. A man has deprived himself of the best there is in the world who has deprived himself of this, the knowledge of the Bible. Herbert Huber, 31st president of the USA. This is what he said. There is no other book so various as the Bible, nor one so full of concentrated wisdom. You see, these are words of great men of God with regards to the Bible. Ulysses S. Grant 18th president of the USA. He said, to the influence of this book, we are indebted to the progress made in civilization. And to this, we must look as our guide in the future. It helped us to become civilized. And as we are going to the future, we must still let the Bible be our guide. Ah. Pastor Shaman, approach the bench. Napoleon Bonaparte, famous French general. This is what he said. The Bible is more than a book. It is a living being with an action, a power which invades everything that opposes its extension. Alexander Cruden, this is what he said. All other
other books are of, of little importance in comparison with the holy scriptures. These are the words eh, of great men. Now, 800 scientists of Great Britain recorded in the uh, Bodilian Library, Oxford. Hallelujah. Now, 800 scientists of Great Britain recorded in the Bodilian Library, Oxford. This is what he said. We, the undersigned students of the natural sciences, desire to express our sincere regret that researches into scientific truth are perverted by some in our own times into occasion for casting doubt into the truth and authenticity of the Holy Scriptures. We conceive that it is impossible for the word of God written in the book of nature and God's word written in Holy Scripture to contradict one another. Physical science is not complete, but is only in a condition of progress, signed by all 800 scientists. So those of you who say you are scientists, computer scientists that you don't believe in the Bible. Listen to what real scientists are saying. Daniel Webster. Daniel Webster, U.S. statesman and orator. This is what he said. The Bible is the book of faith and a book of doctrine and a book of morals and a book of religion of special revelation from God. But it is also a book which teaches man his responsibility, his own dignity and his equality with his fellow man. If we abide by the principles taught in the Bible, our country will go on prospering and to prosper. But if we and our posterity neglect its instructions and authority, no man can bury our glory in profound obscurity. So what he was saying is that as long as the U.S. Okay, had faith in the word of God and valued it, they will prosper. And when they now neglected it. They'll go down. And that's what is happening in the U.S. now. Now the U.S. has gone down, down, down. It has lo- lost respect. Most countries don't have any respect anymore for America. The glory has gone down. A country whose motto is in God we trust. The founders, that's what they say. Yeah. Last night I read, you know, on the news, uh, in one of the uh, universities or schools in Alaska, they are removing certain books from their library to review their content to see whether it agrees with modern, modern ways of belief. And one of the books that they are removing is the Bible. Yeah? You are right. Demons are working there. Now, Abraham Lincoln this is one of the greatest presidents of the USA. The 16th president of the USA. This is what he said. In regard to this great book, I have to say, 
I believe the Bible is the best gift God has given to man. Clap for the Bible. gave to the world was communicated through this book. But for this book, we could not know right from wrong. All things most desirable for man's welfare here and after are to be found portrayed in it. Winston Churchill, British Prime Minister during the Second World War, he said, we rest with assurance upon the impregnable rock of holy scripture. These are the words of great men. Great men. You should believe in the Bible. You should believe in the word of God. You must love the word of God. You must cherish it. You must study it. You must give yourself to it. You must want it in your life as a child of God. Yeah. And as you do that, you'll be going deeper in God and God will take you deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in in him and then you also do more for the Lord. General Douglas MacArthur, a U.S. military genius and general commander of allied forces in southwestern Pacific during the Second World War. This is what he said. Believe me, sir. Now listen to this. Believe me, sir. Never a day goes by be I ever so tired but I read the word of God before I go to bed. (laughs) Believe me, sir. Never a night goes by. Be I ever so tired. But I read the word of God before I go to bed. Wow. Clap your hands for the Bible. Amen. Huh? Yeah. John Quincy Adams, sixth president of the USA. He said, I speak as a man of the world to men of the world. And I say to you, search the scriptures. Wow. Search the scriptures. The Bible is the book of all others to be read at all ages 
and in all conditions of human life, not to be read once or twice or thrice through and then laid aside, but to be read in small portions of one or two chapters every day and never to be intermitted unless by some overruling necessity. Sir Isaac Newton, Sir Isaac Newton, English philosopher and mathematician, formulator of the law of gravitation. This is what he said. We cannot, we account the scriptures of God to be the most sublime philosophy. I find more sure marks of authority in the Bible than in any profane history whatever. Amen. Hmm? Now, Charles Dixon, the great English novelist and author of David Copperfield, The Great Expectations, and Oliver Twist. This is what he said. It is the best book that ever was or ever will be in the world. Stand to your feet and clap your hands for the, for the Bible. Go ahead and applaud the Bible. you don't even have it. Yeah. And pastors, one of the good things that a pastor must do, hello, hello, I can see so many movements. What is going on? What is going on? Please, be seated, please. Be seated. One of the good things a pastor must do is to make sure that your sheep have Bibles. If you have to arrange for them to get it, do that. If you have to buy it for them, do that. Oh yeah, it's very important. Yeah. Recently I arranged, you know, there's a new service that I've started for young uh, people. All right. I realized that many of them don't have Bibles. So I arranged. And I got them Bibles. One Sunday, I just supplied 
Everybody with a Bible. Yeah. And many of them are sitting down here at this camp. Yeah. Amen. So, remember what we are talking about. Eh? How God takes you deeper. He takes you deeper based on your thirst and hunger for more. And one of the things that you must have hunger for is the word of God. And we are talking about how to get this word of God into you through your personal quiet time. Amen. Eh? And I've shown you the greatness of the Bible. Professor M. Montiero Williams, in, compar- in comparing other religious books to the Bible, said, Pile them, if you will. Now listen to this carefully. Pile them, if you will. That is other books. On the left side of your study table, but place your own holy Bible on the right side, all by itself, all alone. And with a wide gap, for there is a gulf between it and the so-called sacred books of the East, which severs the one from the other utterly, hopelessly, and forever. A veritable gulf, which cannot be bridged over by any signs of religious thought. Yes. Put all the books on this side and the Bible here. Okay. There's a, a wide distance between them. That can never be bridged. So brothers and sisters, God has given us something powerful. The word of God is a wonderful gift that God has given to us. And the word of God is God. The word of God is God. So when you love the word of God, you are loving God. Amen. We are having Christians today who don't read the Bible. Oh. You are destroying your life. You can never get deep into God. You can never be victorious. What you need to fight the battles of this life is the word of God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Number five. A quiet time is your personal school of the word. A quiet time is your personal school of the word. During your quiet time, you sit and learn at the feet of the greatest teacher. That Jesus left us. The Holy Spirit. He will teach you many things. And show you many wonderful revelations. In the word. John. Chapter 16. 12 and 13. I have many things to say unto you. But ye cannot bear them now. How be. When he the spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into all truth. And he will guide. And he will show you things to come. So when you are having your quiet time, alright, you are having your school of the word. Yeah? Quiet time is your school of your word. 
The Holy Spirit is your teacher, teaching you the word. So every day, every day, every day, every day he teaches you something. Amen? Huh? Yeah. Number six. During your quiet time, you increase in your personal knowledge of the scriptures. During your quiet time, you increase in your personal knowledge of the scriptures. Second Peter chapter one and verse five. Look at it. Second Peter chapter one and verse five. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Knowledge. Amen. And one of the knowledges that you need is the knowledge of the scriptures. Add. Hmm? You add. Eh? You add the knowledge of your scriptures. Scriptures that you know. The reason why you don't know scriptures is because you don't have quiet time. Yeah. A, a Christian must know scriptures. Hmm? Yeah. You must be filled with scriptures, the word of God, on a continual basis. One of the things that gives me joy is when I'm able to learn a new verse. Ah, a new verse. Huh? You hear Christians speaking. No verses. And it's as I'm speaking right now. You are praying that I shouldn't come close to you to ask a verse. And that's your main prayer right now. The Lord, let him move on. Sister, when a brother comes to you with a lot of raps, hi baby. After listening to him, you know, you have to ask what you have said is based on which scripture. Yes. Which scripture? Now listen, if you don't give yourself to the study of the scriptures and meditating on the scriptures, they will never stay with you. They will never stay with you. They will never stay with you. Hmm? Yeah. So, daily having quiet time helps you to increase 
in your knowledge of the scriptures you know the scriptures you add your arsenal of scriptures can I have an amen, amen. number seven number seven during your quiet time you experience the presence of God during your quiet time you experience the presence of God Adam experienced the presence of God in the garden of Eden until he backslid. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. And they heard a voice of the Lord walking, the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. So they experienced the presence of the Lord. There's a hunger in every man. There's a search in every human being for the presence of God. We all long for the presence of Jehovah. There's nothing like the presence of God. Every preacher longs to feel the presence of God as he ministers. The church service is never the same without the presence of God. Your life will have fullness of joy as you experience the presence of God in your quiet time. Psalm 16 and verse 11. Thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At the right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Give the Lord a wonderful clap of him. Now, the master strategy for having a successful quiet time Amen. So how to have a successful quiet time? You know, do you know why I'm taking my time? This is the foundation. Yeah. This is the foundation. You don't know the word of God. You can't study the word of God. All right. You are not going anywhere into God. Yeah. Amen. And, and this particular session is so important because from now you are going to love the word of God and study the word of God. I know, I know that many of you don't have quiet time. I know it. I know. And, and so how do you talk about going deeper in God without his way? Without the basis? Without the foundation? No. You want to talk about going deeper, becoming more fruitful, and all that. No, no, no. Going deeper, having more of the power of God. No. All that is linked with the word of God. All that is linked with the word of God. Hallelujah. So listen. Eh? Starting from tomorrow, you're going to have your quiet time. Yeah. 
after this camp, you must buy a Bible. You must have a Bible. You must have a Bible. Is it not shameful that I'm saying this to Christians? Pastors, eh? God is speaking to us. Our people don't have Bibles. They don't study the scriptures. We have a generation that does not know the way. They know everything. WhatsApp, Instagram, TikTok. Look at what you are doing on TikTok. 15 year old boy. You have 30,000 followers. Because of the type of things that you are doing there. But not the word of God. And what you are doing there, it won't help you. It will only destroy you. You are going to die very early. Eh? Yeah. Many of you don't have peace. The Bible says that great peace have they that love thy law. And nothing shall by enemies hurt them. Psalm 119 verse 165. Yeah. Great peace. Look at that. Have they which love thy law. When you love the word of God, the Bible says you have great peace. There are many young people here. You are so confused in your life. You can't sleep. You don't have peace. Do you understand it? Yeah. You have so many things that you are thinking about that you should not be thinking about as a young person. What you need is the word of God. Flood your mind. Flood your soul. Flood your spirit. Flood your body with the word of God. And your whole system will flood out the peace of God. Amen. Eh? You see, that sin that you are struggling with and you are not happy, you repent. Then you go back to it. You repent. You see, one of the reasons why is because the word of God is in, it's not in you. But the psalmist says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against him. Your word that is in my heart eh, is what helps me not to sin. You know, is it because you remember the word of God? Yeah, look at the scripture. You remember the word of God. Eh? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So the reason why you are struggling with that sin is because the word of God is not in your heart. It's evil. It's immorality. You understand it? Profanity. Secular music. Secular video, uh, music videos. 
that has filled your heart. And that is why you keep on sinning and sinning and sinning and sinning. How wither shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed thereto unto thy way. Wow. Hmm? Yeah. Psalm 119. I think verse 9 or so. Huh? Put it up. Huh? Where with her shall a young man cleanse his way? By take, taking heed, paying attention to your way. When you pay attention to the word of God, you cleanse or you, you make your way eh, clean. You walk in righteousness and holiness. Immediately you feel like, as we have come to this camp, you know, somebody has left their phone here. And when you see it, you feel like taking it and, you know, hiding it. You remember, remember the word of God that there's a curse in the house of a thief. No, that, when you remember that scripture, I say, no, 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 no. Hmm. I, I get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Eh? There's a case in the house of a thief. When you remember that scripture, is it? Yeah. When at the end of the month you look at your tithe, and because you owe a lot of money, you want to use your tithe to go and pay some of the debt. Then remember that God says, Will a man rob God? Will a man rob God? I said, no, no, no. I can see from anybody, but not God. I wouldn't try. Amen? Eh? So let's go back to the word of God. Eh? Let's go back to the word of God. Yeah. One time I saw the team of a convention back to the Bible. I was very happy. Back to the Bible. Let's go back to the Bible. Tell your neighbor, back to the Bible. Back to the Bible. Amen. Alright, so now, the master strategy for having a successful quiet time. Three strategies for a successful quiet time. Number one, set a practical, unchangeable, and regular time for your quiet time. Set a practical, unchangeable, and regular time for your quiet time. So three things here. Alright. Practical. A time that is practical for you, that works for you. That's what it means. That's what it means. Alright. Based on your life. Based on your profession. Based on your business life. Based on your ministry life, okay, what time is practical? Yeah. Because maybe you work, you know, every night. Every night you are at work. You start working from 10 and you end at 8, 
10 p.m. and you end at 8 in the morning. You are working. Okay, so it, it, it may be impractical for you to be having your quiet time at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. because you are supposed to be working. So one of the reasons why, you know, you can't have a regular quiet time is because your, your, your timing is not practical. Yes. How many of you understand that? Yeah. Okay. And then unchangeable. Keep to it. Keep it. Now, watch this. Anything that you continue to do for a long time becomes part of you. Yeah. Most of the time, no matter how late I sleep, I wake up at a particular time. Yeah. Then I'll decide, I'll decide maybe to continue to sleep. But the system is set. It's been years of waking up at a particular time. Amen? Amen. Eh? And regular. Regular. Quiet time must be regular. Monday, you have it. Tuesday, you have it. Wednesday, you have it. Thursday, you have it. Friday, you have it. Saturday, you have it. Sunday, you have it. Monday, it continues regular. Not once a while. Not once every four days. Not once every five days. Regular. And also not today 3 a.m. Then tomorrow 5 a.m. Then the next day 7 a.m. No. If it's 3 a.m., keep it that way. 3 to 4. Keep it that way. 4 to 5. Keep it that way. 2 to 3. Keep it that way. All the time. Are you here? You go home. How many of you are here? Set a regular time when you meet God. It is very important that you set a regular time for your quiet time. Life is said that important things are often overlooked. If you do not, if you do not schedule a constant period for a quiet time, I'll show you that you will leave it out. The best time for a quiet time is first thing in the morning. I mean, that's the best time if it works for you. And for most of us, it should work for us. For most of us early in the morning. Just like Jesus. Hmm? Mark 135. Look at it. Mark 135. Jesus had quiet time. And in the morning. When? And in the morning. Rising up a great while before day. He went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Amen. Are you seeing it? All right. Then Moses. Notice that Moses had his quiet time in the morning. Exodus chapter 34, 2 and 3. And be ready in the morning and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the mount, in the top of the mount. And no man shall come up with thee. Neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount. 
neither let the flocks nor heads feed before that mount. So in the morning, actually the best time is in the morning. You feel more refreshed. I get what I'm saying. Yeah. But like we said, I said earlier, you know, it also depends on your lifestyle, your work schedule, and all that. So don't say that, you know, as for me, you see, every morning I'm working. So since it's the best time, morning is the best time every time, so I, I don't have quiet time. Amen? Are you here? Go home. Those of you who are here, let me come close to you. Eh? Now sit up, everybody, please. Sit up. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Are you here? Those of you here, give me a wave. Yeah. Are you blessed? Yeah. Are you learning something? Yeah. yeah. Your knowledge of the word of God is going to change your life. Yeah. It's going to give you a better life. Yeah. So, the first strategy is that set a practical, unchangeable, and regular time for your quiet time. Number two, withdraw from the presence of other people. Withdraw from the presence of other people. Exodus chapter 34 and verse 3. And no man shall come up with thee. Now remember. That quiet time is your time with God alone. Quiet time is not devotion with your family. Hello? I said quiet time is not devotion with your family. How many of you have been having, uh, you have family devotion? Yes, there's something like that. It's good. But quiet time is time between you and God. Yeah. So you must be away from people. Amen. Let me give you some enemies of quiet time. Number one, your bed. Your bed. Hello? Your bed is an enemy for quiet time. Wake this brother up. Hello? Sit up. Sit up, everybody, please. Yeah. Huh? I'm trying to come close to you. Hey, how many of you realize that your bed is very dangerous? When you wake up and you sit on your bed, that you are having your quiet time, it doesn't work at all. Yeah. Number two, your pillow. 
that you put your head on your pillow that you're having quiet time. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you have had this experience before? That you woke up, I mean, you were very excited. You know, you're going to have your quiet time. You took your Bible. Okay. Then you, you put your head on your pillow just to thank the Lord a little. Father, thank you that Father, thank you for this wonderful morning that you have given to me. Another day of life. I'm so grateful. You know, then as you are thanking God, then suddenly you realize that you were around common common circle. And then you met your friend. Your schoolmates. You finished school seven years ago. They said, hey, Charlie John, it's a long time. They started chatting. They said, let's go and buy some watches. Then you went to a, a watching joint. Then you were there. You were enjoying. How many of it has happened to you? Uh, uh, you are having quiet time. Do you know what has happened to you? What has happened to you? Eh? Eh? You have gone cry. Eh? You have gone cry. Has it happened to you before? Yeah. How, how many of you say that it has happened to you before? Yeah. Yeah. So your pillow is an enemy, your bed is an enemy. Okay. If you are married, okay. Okay, your husband is an enemy. And your wife is an enemy for quiet time. Now, when as a husband, you know, you've gotten up, you, you, you've sat on your bed to have your quiet time. Your wife is asleep. She's covered herself with the blanket. Then you have your quiet time. Then suddenly she turns like this, and the bla- <laughs> the, the blanket removes. Now, then a voice will tell after quite I can have it any time at all. So, So all these are enemies. So when you wake up, be like Jesus. Look at the scripture again. Eh? Look at look at Jesus. What he did. Mark one thirty five. And in the morning, rising up a great while. So he rose up a great while before they means that before the sun came up. Is that also two a.m., three a.m., four a.m.? Is that also five a.m.? All right. Eh? He went out. So you have to go out of the bedroom. But you see, the problem is that some of us also, is that there's nowhere even to, to sleep that you say we are going out. But say whatever is going out, still go out. Go and sit under a tree, whatever. No, life is in faces. Today, you may have to go and sit under a tree. But soon, your mansion is coming. <laughs> 
But go out to a solitary place and there he prayed. Hallelujah. So, withdraw from the presence of other people and any other thing that will distract you. Eh? Distract you. I mean, when you are a wife, you have woken up to do your quiet time, your husband is sleeping. Do you see? And he went on trek. He was away for one week. So when he came in the night, he was tired, so he slept. And then at dawn, you have woken up. Look, you better get out and go and look somewhere to have your quiet time. Yeah. Because soon he's going to wake up around about four. So sister, what are you doing? So I have no quiet time. So quiet time. Look, I traveled. You have been having quiet time since I traveled. This, this time today I came. Also quiet time. Look, please. Quiet time there. You can do it anytime. You later on. You think I don't know things? Yeah? Amen. A quiet time is not a prayer meeting involving all members of your household. A quiet time, please be seated. A quiet time is not under church service or fellowship meeting. It is an intimate time between you and your God. It is a private moment that you must cherish. You will notice that Moses could not have his quiet time in the presence of others. A quiet time is a time when you are alone with God. You cannot develop a personal relationship with someone unless you are alone with the person. It must be possible to withdraw yourself from the company of others so that you can be alone with God. If you can afford it, you must create for yourself a private place in your home where you go to pray and meet with God. Amen. Number three, create an atmosphere that is conducive for fellowship with God. Create an atmosphere that is conducive for fellowship with God. Amen. Amen. You can do this by playing good worship music in the background. Eh? Yeah. If you do not have any such music, you can worship the Lord yourself. As you worship the Lord, the presence of the Lord will fill your room. God inhabits praises. There's an atmosphere in which God, God's presence thrives. I find it easier to pray when I'm playing worship music or preaching tapes. There is no need to struggle in an icy and hardened atmosphere. Put on some music and worship the Lord. It's very important. Amen? Eh? That is why on Sundays, you have to come to church early to be part of the praise and worship. So that you learn worship songs. Amen. Huh? To create an atmosphere when you come before the Lord, it's a busy mark, oh my, you know, 
Tawo Rona
forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children, unto the third and unto the fourth generation. And Moses made his and bowed his head toward the Lord, the earth, and worshipped. Amen. Psalm 119 verse 18. Open thou my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. So you pray to begin with. Number two, read a passage from the Bible expecting God to speak to you. Read a passage from the Bible expecting God to speak to you. Read the passage for the day expecting God to speak to you from it. There are several ways of choosing your daily Bible reading passage. How to choose your daily Bible reading passage. So there are several ways. Number one, choose a book from the Bible of which you read a few verses every time. Are you getting that? Yeah. So choose uh, a book. Alright. So it could be John, Luke, Joshua, whatever. And then you read a little. Since the beginning of the year, I've been reading Luke. Eh? I'm reading Luke and I'm reading uh, Corinthians. Do you see? Gradually. I'm in Luke chapter 11 now. And Luke is 24 chapters. So I'm sure it will take, take me to the end of the year. Because we already have one. Yeah. And I've just ended 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Gradually. A verse. When you are having your quiet time, you are not reading a newspaper. It's not a news article. I get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes even a phrase or a word. Sometimes I can be on one verse for a couple of days. Yeah. So the people, I said, Bishop, I don't know any scripture because you don't, you know, you don't pay attention. He said, my son, attend. Attend to my words. Attend. Amen. Choose a personality from the Bible whose life story you follow. So, for example, you want to study about King David. Yeah. First Samuel, second Samuel. So you read about King David. Many years ago, I was sitting at an engagement ceremony at Lashibi. And the Lord said to me, study about David. Study about David. 
if I give myself studying, uh huh, do my quiet times about David, first Samuel, second Samuel. Yeah. I had forty revelations about the life of David. And the greatest of them was the fact that David was somebody who was always inquiring from the Lord. Always going back to God to find out what he must do. Yeah. Or you want to study about Joshua. So the book of Joshua. Are you getting that? And then you eat it little. Little by little. Amen. Number three. Take the passage suggested in your daily reading guide. Okay? So, there are a lot of uh, uh, devotionals. Eh? Bible guides. We have several of them, like what? Mount Sinai, Mind Herop. Which other ones? Eh? Daily keys, daily advice, daily solutions, there's daily bread, all this. Okay? So you can also use them for your quiet time. Now, but I'll not advise you that, okay, you value that more than reading the Bible itself. I think that it must be complementary to your Bible reading. I get what I'm saying. Yeah. So read the Bible and you can add this. Sometimes maybe, you know, when the circumstances don't allow, well, you can just limit yourself to uh, a guy. Amen. Amen. So, these are the ways by which, through which you can choose what to read during your quiet time. How many of you can choose? Can you choose? Amen. If you are a young Christian just coming up, John is a very good book to start with. Yeah. John. Then after that, You go to the rest of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You must master these four before you move on. As a young Christian, don't go and start with Deuteronomy. Or Isaiah. You will not love the Bible. Because you wouldn't understand anything. Because Isaiah, you have to read plenty chapters, then there's something small that you can understand. Even for us who have been with the Lord for a long time. Amen? Number three. So the first step is pray to begin your quiet time. Number two, read a passage from the Bible expecting God to speak to you. Number three, meditate. Which means think through and soberly reflect on what you have read. Meditate. If you do not think about what you are 
reading, you lose a major blessing of the word of God. Paul told Timothy to think about the word of God. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 7. Consider what I say and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Now listen, many people read the Bible and it doesn't make sense to them at all. So I said, why should I read the Bible? Okay, the reason is because you don't think about what you read. Number one, you just read, you know, you read like a, a storybook. Or you, we don't read the Bible that way. I can see somebody sitting. Please, everybody stand. Everybody stand, please. Everybody stand. Everywhere. Thank you. Hello? Think about it. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. Put it up. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. Now, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. John 1 1. Okay. Now, John 1 1. You can have your quiet time with John 1 1 for about, go back, for about one week or two weeks. Yes. In the beginning. Stop there. In the beginning. Really? In the beginning. Hey. Which means that there was a beginning. It was a beginning. Wow. Wow. It was a beginning. And then, right at the beginning was the way. So the way is not today. Was not yesterday. It was not during uh, His Excellency President Kufuado's term. In the beginning, something that has been there in the beginning, you have to be very careful of it. It's different from something that has just appeared. Yeah. Yeah. Eh? So you think about it. You think about it. Think about it. That is how the word moves from just your mind and enters your heart. And once it enters your heart, it stays with you. It stays with you. It stays with you. Amen. So, so, when you read the scripture, take your time and think about it. Taking your time to think about it is called meditating. Reflecting. Meditating. The psalmist said, thy commandment is my meditation. Amen. Huh? Now, seven, seven keys to effective meditation. What you must do, okay, to help you 
in the process of meditation. Number one, read the passage slowly. Slowly. Number two, do not read a very long passage unless it is necessary. Yeah. Now, sometimes you can't help it because what you know you are reading, you don't understand it. So, you just have to continue just reading, you know, until there's something that strikes you. But most of the time, you just read a little. Every, anybody here who started this year, the quiet time of uh, John, and already you are first Corinthians. I can tell you that you have not been having quiet time. I mean, you have finished John. You understand? Eh? You have finished John. You have moved to, after John is what? Eh? Acts. You have moved from Acts to Romans, and you, you are first Corinthians now, in August. No, you have been reading a storybook. You have been reading Bible stories. Yeah. Amen. Number three, stop at any verse that strikes you and think about it. You know, most matured Christians who are here will have made this observation that it looks as if that we all pay attention to certain particular verses. There are verses that are common to most mature Christians. Are you getting that? And that is because it's like those are verses that strike you and strikes everybody. Amen. Hmm? Yeah. So when something strikes you, you stay there and you think about it. Now as you are thinking about it and you are receiving understanding, okay, alright, God is speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is teaching you and God is speaking to you. So when you finish, you can say, oh, God spoke to me today. Because what you learned, you are going to apply it. So those of you who say that God has not spoken to you, God has been speaking to you. That is how God speaks to you. psalmist meant. Look at it again. Uh, Psalm 119 verse 18. Verse 18. Open thou my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. So God doesn't want you to just waste your time. Once you give yourself to study his word, the Holy Spirit also there to open up the scriptures to you. Yeah. Amen. Are you blessed already? Number four. Think about the meanings of the words that you are reading. Think about the meanings of the words that you are reading. Now that is another another reason why we don't benefit from the scriptures. 
Because we think that we understand. You understand it? Yeah. But, but when you critically analyze the word, that word that has been used there, okay, it may give you a completely different understanding. And, and to know the meanings of the words, you need a concordance. We'll talk about it very soon. Okay, you need a concordance. Which is a concordance is uh, like a dictionary of all the Bible words. Now, the Bible, all right, is made up of two parts. The old covenant. Or the Old Testament. Huh? The law, the writings that were put down as God walked with his people of Israel. Right from the beginning, from Adam. You understand it? Yeah. That's the first part. Made up of how many books? The Old Testament is made up of how many books? Hello? Hey. Sister says it's the whole Bible. The Old Testament is how many? Eh? 39. Hello? Hmm. I don't want to spoil your morning. <laughs> Alright. And that ends with Malachi. Then after Malachi, we enter into what is called the intertestamental period. The years, you know, where um, there were writings, but they, they've not been included in what we call the canon of scriptures. What is accepted by the word of God. Alright? Until now we come into the New Testament. Beginning with the life of Jesus Christ. I get what I'm saying. Alright? And the New Testament is made up of 27 books. Amen. Now the Old Testament was written in the language of the Israelis which is Hebrew. Hebrew language. Okay. And also in a certain mixture of a Hebrew language or diluted Hebrew called the Aramaic. Alright. So every word Every word you find in the Old Testament, okay, the original word is Hebrew. And every word you find in the New Testament, the original word was in Greek, which was the common language at the time that the New Testament was being compiled. So a special dictionary, if you like, has been created that contains all the words of the Bible in Hebrew and all the words of the Bible in Greek. 
And that is called the concordance. So if you want to find the meaning of any word in the New Testament, all right, you just look at it in the concordance. It will give you all the meanings. Give you all the meanings. How many of you understand that? So that is one way of uh, knowing the meanings of the words. Now another way is using an English dictionary. Amen. Because the English dictionary will give you the various meanings of a particular word. And, and those various meanings will deepen your understanding of that particular word. Hello, are you here? Yeah. And by doing that, okay, it helps you to understand the scriptures better. Amen. So many of the words that we have come to meet in the church, Anakazu, Biazo, Anadea, in fact, we even used to have uh, the names of our dioceses, you know, um, um, from, the, from the Bible, priorities. Is that not so? Uh, which other ones? Uh, the old dioceses. Pistis. Eh? Eh? Bima. Eh? Kasluhim. Presently, I saw Kasluhim. You see, these are all. So when you hear Anakazo, it's not a certain, because some of you, Anakazo, you say, oh, our church, there's a certain word that we say, Anakazo is like something, is it, when we want to confuse people. Yeah, we don't want people to, you know, that we say Anakazo. No, Anakazo is in the Bible. Okay. When, when the the master said to the servant, go and compel them. Luke 14, 23. Compel. So you see, when you read, put that scripture up. Put that scripture up. Luke 14, 23. So, and the Lord said unto his servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them. Now, you see, when you read the word compel them, you, you will think that you understand it. Oh, he told the servant to go and compare them. So he went to compare. What does it mean? Okay. So now, if you have a Bible that has, you know, a, a concordance, or when you put your cursor or you press on your, your word, compare. All right. And since it's in the New Testament, it means that the original word was in Greek. Is that not it? Yeah. So the Greek word, Will come up, and that Greek word is anagazo or anaga. We call it anagazo. Are you getting it? Yeah. Okay. And then to show it means to compel, to entreat, to necessitate. It will give you all those meanings. And then you can also search for the word compel in English. I don't know whether the people can help us. You see that? It's also there. Amen. Okay? So that is the point that is being taught here. That eh, think about the meanings of the words that you are reading. Amen. All this helps you to meditate. We are talking about meditation. Seven steps. That will help you to meditate. Read the passage slowly. 
Do not read a very long passage unless it is necessary. Stop at any verse that strikes you and think about it. Think about the meanings of the words that you are reading. Number five, think about how the scripture applies to life in your generation. How does it apply? So let's go back to this verse. Okay? How does it apply? Compare them to come. How does it apply? You must think about it. If, if compare means to necessitate, to entreat, eh? to use every means legal to help people to come into the kingdom. I mean, how does it apply to us? Because Jesus ended by saying, look at it. He said, compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Which means that the house will be filled when we compare people to come in. So it also means that if we don't compare people, we don't, we don't make it necessary, we don't entreat, we don't help people, we don't do firm evangelism, firm, forceful, and loving evangelism, and outreaches to people, then they will not come into the house of God. The house of God will be empty. So it's a very important instruction for us and for you. So wow, that is why my pastor is always saying that we should do an akazo. Oh, it's very important. And you see, when you read the book, an the compelling power, okay, you learn, you learn, you know, that that um, without an akazo, your church will be empty. Yeah. And your church right now, Pastor, your church is empty because you don't do an akazo. You are not compelling people to come in. The days of inviting people come to my church or Israel, people have no time for God. They have no time for church. We have, you know, to approach things differently as Jesus has said. By being firm, forceful, but loving to draw people into the kingdom with the word of God. Amen. So listen, whenever you are studying the scriptures, find out how the scripture applies to you. That is how it benefits you. You are not reading the scripture, the scriptures for reading's sake. But what is God wanting you to do? Hello, are you here? Give me a wave. Yeah, are we standing? Yeah, stand. Yeah, it's good. Number six, whisper to the Holy Spirit. Say, help me, Holy Spirit, to understand your word. Father, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit is the teacher. The Holy Spirit is the teacher. First John chapter 2 and verse 20. Look at it. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20. But ye have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Amen. Verse 27. Uh, verse 27. But the anointing which ye have received of him abided in you. The Holy Spirit abides in you. And ye need not that any man teach you. 
But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall, ye shall abide in him. So the Holy Spirit is a teacher. John 15, 26. John 15, 26. John 15, 26. John 15, 26. Amen. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. Testify, say things. Say things. Say things about me to you. It's a way of teaching. Amen. And then Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will teach you all things. And he will bring to your remembrance the things that I said to you. So the Holy Spirit, all right, eh, is there. Teach you. In fact, look at me. Opening your understanding. Opening your understanding. Luke chapter 24, verse 44 or 43. Look at it. Huh? Go, go, let's start from verse 40. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his sons and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have you here any meat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of a honeymoon. I hope you are in the right place. Let me look for the scripture for you. I want to show you something. But the two, the two um, disciples who were working with Jesus. You remember that story? Huh? What a blessing. Lift up your hands and speak in the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes. God is taking us deeper. Mali Baha Kasata Shatari Mundirima. Now, now, um, verse 44. And he said unto them, Luke 24, verse 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I speak unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the, in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Verse 45. Look at verse 45. Luke 24, 45. Then open he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Are you getting that? He opened their understanding. So that is why you must whisper to the Holy Spirit when we are studying the scriptures and tell the Holy Spirit, please teach me. Open down my understanding that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. Teach me. Otherwise, listen, you finish and it's like the Bible study experience was dry, uneventful and you wonder why you must go back. 
Amen? Do you get it? Yeah. So he opened the understanding to what he was saying. May the Lord open your understanding always. May the Holy Spirit open your understanding always. Even as we are sitting at, at this camp, may the Lord give you understanding of what is being said in the name of Jesus. Amen. Huh? Then number seven. Decide on a practical way to implement the scriptures that you have learned. Decide on a practical way to implement the scriptures that you have learned. Without thinking of a way to apply the scripture directly, you often not benefit from your quiet time. So, these are ways okay, to help you meditate on the word of God. So, we are talking about how to have your quiet time. Point number one is pray to begin with. Point number two is read a passage from the Bible expecting God to speak to you. Is that also? Yeah? Point number three is what? Meditate. Meditate. Point number four. Move into deeper Bible study and make further references to things that strike you during your quiet time. Move into deeper Bible study and make further references to things that strike you during your quiet time. Now, everybody must study the Bible. The pastors, you see, the fact that you have material to teach from does not mean that you shouldn't have your own personal, you know, Bible study. That is not what you have been taught. What we have been taught is to, that is why a whole book called The Quiet Time has been written. And that is, and that is why, you know, why the Bible is important. Do you see? Has been written. And that is why we have lay school manuals that, that help you to know different things about the scriptures. School of the Word, School of our Solid Foundation. School of victorious living. All these things. I get what I'm saying. Yeah. Sometimes you hear fools who say, oh, I mean, they, they just take a book to teach. That, those are the words of a fool, of an ignorant person. Yes. That's not what we have been taught. And if that is what you are doing, okay, then you are doing the wrong thing. Huh? Yes. In fact, we even have what we call must know scripture book. So it's not just about taking a book, you know, to go and study and preach. You must study the scriptures. You see? I told you yesterday that I'm going to read a book to you. Is that not so? Is that not so? Yeah, but look at it. 
Have you seen? Have you seen? Now look at it. Look at it. Eh? Look at it. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Eh? It's not just reading. But the reading is helping me back into the Bible and give me more understanding. And I'm teaching you more things. Huh? Yeah. So lazy pastors who just get up the whole day you have not prayed. You have not been taught about the fact that there's a service. You have a weekday service that around about uh, three or four. You remember. So you say, hey, have a weekday service. Okay. I'll take uh, you know quiet time. Just read. And read the scripture. Look at it. I've been, I've been teaching one or two chapters for about three hours. Yeah. Eh? And, and you see, I'm teaching from going deeper and doing more. But yesterday we moved into mega church. Eh? The connectivity. There's connectivity. You must even know the book so that ha, this thing is connected here. This one is connected here. This one is connected here. So pastors, get to the job. And shepherds. You understand? If we don't do that, we are going to produce products that don't read the Bible. And that is not what we have been taught. Be a good ambassador. Pass on the message just as it was given to you. The things that thou has learned for me, the same commit also unto faithful men who would also be able to teach others. The same. Don't dilute it. Don't change it. Don't change it. I said don't change it. Don't change it. Don't change it. Amen. 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 Eh? Hallelujah. There are times that you need to have a longer quiet time. God may minister to you about something. You must be prepared to study further. This is why it is important to have a good reference Bible. Look through the passage again for as many of the following as possible. Number one, what does the passage teach me about the nature of God? The Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit. Number two, is there a promise for me to believe and to claim, taking careful note of any conditions attached? Number three, is there a command for me to obey or a good example for me to follow? Number four, is there a warning for me to heed or a bad example for me to avoid? Number five, is there a prayer for me to pray or remember? So you see, it's not just about reading. You have to be asking yourself all these questions and, and finding out and implementing. Number five, use your Bible reading guide. 
like I said, as supplementary or complementary. Alright? Number six, write down whatever the Lord tells you. Write down whatever the Lord tells you. Amen. I can show you a notebook, especially those days that we're using notes and pens of my daily quiet time. Every day, date, and then I write. I write, I write. Notes. Yeah. Now listen, whenever God speaks to you, don't keep it here. Write it down. They say, book no lie. Eh? Yes. Write it down. You will remember it. When you are sleeping and the Lord gives you a powerful dream or a vision, wake up and write it down. By the morning, it will go away from you. So what is it that the Lord has said to you? Write it down. Write it down. And let it be a guide for you. Amen. Number seven. Now spend time praying to the Lord. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. So you study the scriptures. And then you pray. You can also combine. I combine. I pray and study at the same time. When I start praying, I'm studying. Yeah. Studying the scriptures whilst praying. I'm studying books whilst praying. I'm listening to messages whilst praying. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you give the Lord a wonderful clap of praise? We are going to take a short weary break, but let me give you this one first. Tools for an effective quiet time. What you need for quiet time. Number one, Bibles. Bibles. Not a Bible. Bibles. You, are, you must have several Bibles. Okay? Who can I charge at the next session to get us Bibles. Bishop Chris, get us Bibles. You must have different Bibles to help you. Takes annotated Bible. Eh? What is good about Dakes? It has concordance. The Greek words, the Hebrew words, it has explanations. Notes. Thompson's chain. Reference Bible. Alright? So if there's, let's say, a, a, a word, you want to find a different scriptures that, you know, let's say, love, it will give you all the different scriptures. Amplified Bible. Amplified Bible takes the word and then gives different meanings. I get what I'm saying. Now we have the NIV, the New Living Translation, we have Message Bible, they all help you to understand. Sometimes when you read a King James version, you don't really understand. But when you read in another version, you understand it. Sometimes when you read in another version, 
it feels a bit more diluted. So you go back to the King James. Why is very powerful? Amen. Number two, a notebook. A notebook. Okay, so Bibles, you will need several Bibles to have an effective quiet time. Good news, good Bibles to have a Dick's Annotated Reference Bible, King James Version, Thompson Chains Reference Bible, King James Version, New International Version, the Amplified Bible, and the New American Standard Bible. The Bible is God's book for us today. As you read it, you hear the voice of God speaking to you. As you study the word of God, you will discover new revelations which will affect your life. Amen. Number two, a notebook. A notebook. A notebook. Exodus chapter 34 and verse 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, He who did two tables of stone like unto the first, and I'll write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest. You need to write down the things God says to you. I have a book in which I write the things that God shows me. Sometimes I am surprised at the many revelations and instructions that the Lord has given me. I write down dreams, visions, and the ways that God gives to me. Number three, a dictionary. A dictionary. So, so how many of you realize that there's so much to say about the word of God? It's very powerful. Amen. And we are saying all this to say that, okay, as you love the word of God and as you give yourself to the study of the word of God, okay, your desire, your hunger, your thirst for God will grow. And God will then also take you deeper. And when it takes you deeper, you will be able to do more for the Lord. My life is guided by the word of God. Oh yeah. Somewhere last year, the Lord said to me, you have stopped teaching a lot. He said, this day you don't teach a lot. Then he began to show me, you know, all the things that I used to do. I said, wow. So since that time, I've increased my teaching. Yeah, I've increased my teaching. And he said to me, I've put a lot in you. Let it out. Let it come out. The word of God is what will guide you. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and what? A light unto my path. It helps you take the shorter steps and helps you to see ahead. So listen. God is telling you, go deeper into my word. Everybody here will change. As you give yourself to the word of God. Yeah. There are, there are challenges in your life. There are sins. There are temptations. There are struggles. There are bad habits you are struggling with. That as you give your, yourself to the word of God. It, they will be driven out of your life. 
be removed. The word of God will heal you. The power of the word of God will drive demons out of you. Out of your house. Out of your office. Out of your life. Give yourself to the study of the word of God. Love the word of God. Great peace have they that love. Hello. Amen. So additionally, both Oxford and Webster's dictionaries are good dictionaries to have. You will always be surprised to learn the meanings of words which we often assume we know. Number four, a concordance. Every Christian should have a strong concordance since it is exhaustive. It's a type. I spoke, I've explained to what a concordance is, but the best one is called a strong concordance. It's very, very exhaustive. Number five, a good attitude. A good attitude. Recognize God as the altar. Amen. Are you blessed? How many of you can have quiet time now? Lift up your hands and thank the Lord. Thank him for the revelation of having a quiet time and ask the Lord to give you a strong desire to have your quiet time from now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lift up your hands. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you that desire. That desire. Lord, yes, fill me with your desire for your word. Yes, Lord. To love your word. To love your Let word. your word be sweet in my mouth. Yes, Lord. More than honey. In the name of Jesus. May I value your commandment. Let them be precious unto me. Yes, Lord. More than rubies. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Oh, Lord. Pray. Lift up your two hands and pray. Pray. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. May your word be like honey unto me. May we go back to the Bible. May we go back to your word. May we have our quiet time every day in the name of Jesus. We are praying. May we go back to your word. Lift up your hands and pray. We are going back to the Bible. We are going back to the word. have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Anakazo Assemblies Cathedral of Fakor Kaswa. Please note our service time. Sunday 9.30 a.m. Jesus Encounter Service. For prayer, counseling and further inquiries, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again. 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289 God bless you.